This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to check us out. The 5 to 8 Shift Podcast exists to encourage, educate, and inspire parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. We know parenting can be tough. I am not trying to sugarcoat it. But few worthwhile things in life come without some sweat and some hard work. And family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone and we are thrilled that you're here. Each month we highlight stories from our parent community and share the latest research and tips to help families thrive. If you like what you hear today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I believe family is one of life's greatest adventures, and I am so excited to chat with you today. I look forward to cheering you on in your own five to eight shift. It's the most important shift of the day. All right, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, we are so excited to have you. I followed you on Instagram uh, for quite a while now, and you just, um, I, I love, you just speak wisdom with sort of candor and um, like, a, like, a, like a, well, how do I want to say this? Like you just, you, you just kind of say it how it is and you're unabashed about it, and I love it. I, I think that's really refreshing, actually. So um, I've enjoyed following your page. So why don't, you, why don't you give us like the five minute intro to sort of who you are and where you're from and that kind of jazz. Yeah, sure. Goodness, I never know where to begin, but um, (laughs) like you said, my name is Manda, and I live in Chicago currently with my husband and our two kids that we have through foster care. Um, We're originally from the South Bend, Indiana area, so I'm a Midwest girl through and through. All right. And I used to be a public school teacher. Um, I no longer do that, and I went through a series of career transitions, everything from marketing to working at my church to now doing what I do full-time, which is working for myself. So I uh, summarize what I do into three parts. I'm a writer, speaker, and advocate. Um, So writing uh, everything from, you know, free blog posts and emails and things that are uh, important to me, mostly centered around faith and marriage and motherhood and foster care and social justice and just kind of the collision of it all. So I I call it um, the soul scoop. And um, in addition to the writing piece, uh, you have the speaking. So obviously before COVID, that was something I found so much joy um, in traveling and speaking to a variety of different groups. And I had several events that I would host in different cities, uh, which were mostly workshops around this concept of space for women. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a devotional on space that's on Amazon. Um, It's about 30 days of really creating uh, these healthy rhythms of work, play, and rest in your life. And so that's another big, meaningful part of my work. Uh, Because of COVID, speaking has kind of taken a back back seat. um, And then occasionally I'll do it like this on podcast virtually. And then the advocacy part of my work has been really fun. So um, it's in a number of ways, but I guess the bulk of it is has to do with foster care. Okay. Um, so I have uh, hours that I'm contracted through the agency my husband and I foster through to help recruit and train new foster parents, which I absolutely love doing. So that's in partnership with my agency. And then okay. on my own 
kind of end of the spectrum. I create courses. I have three courses uh, for people who are either prospective foster parents. Maybe mm -hmm. you're thinking about it. They're on the fence. Uh, that's one. I have another one that's for rookie foster parents. Maybe you just got your license or you just got your first placement. Either way, like you're new to this thing. Yep. And the advanced course is for anyone who's actively fostering that wants to go deeper into a lot of things that I felt um, in my journey as a foster parent, the trainings, the orientations, the books, it just didn't give me enough. And I wanted mm -hmm. to hear from someone with real life experience. Um, so I ended up creating that myself after a few years for other people. So that's kind of the summary of my work and a little bit about who I am. I'm, I'm also an Enneagram 8. So when you said that I tell it like it is, that doesn't surprise me to hear that. Um, <laughs> I do take that as a compliment. Good, good. You uh, should. <laughs> yeah. And then just some fun facts. Like I am an unashamed fast food junkie. I love fast food. All right. But everything in bounds, right? I also love working out. I love kickboxing and yoga and running. So you, you know, it's, it's a weird life. I, my lifestyle contradicts itself. Um, balance. It's all about that balance. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing I tell people usually if I'm getting to know them and they're getting to know me is that I am not a religious person. Um, but I really, really take my relationship with Jesus seriously, and that's a big part of my life. Um, but but oh, honestly, in, in all of this, and who I am, and what I'm about, and what I do for a living, it all kind of comes back to this one central motto that my husband and I have decided to build our life around, which is mm -hmm. when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. And of course, you know, you say that on your podcast. I don't know if you, I don't think you just mentioned your podcast, but your podcast is amazing. I have a couple episodes that like are some of my all time um, favorites and you just, you have a great way of talking to guests and I love the variety you have on your show. You have, uh, you know, refugees and um, Brittany Kate and some of these other like uh, just incredible stories. And I really think your podcast kind of backs up what you're saying um, in that, you know, you're kind of like, and you talk about this on Instagram, you're open to different perspectives and you want to learn about other people. And your podcast is, you know, such a nice addition to, um, you know, some of the things that you say and sharing other people's stories. So I, for one, love your podcast. Um, so I'll be, I'll, I'll make sure that I link to that too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just telling somebody about one of them and I shot it over to them, but it's, it's just really good. And I like, you know, I like the way that you interview. So, um, all right. So let's talk about the foster care a little bit. So you kind of gave us this background. You're this Midwest girl and you, um, have kind of bounced into some of these different careers. Tell us a little bit how you got involved in the foster care community. Um, in particular, you and your husband, is this something you always knew you wanted to do or did, or was there some sort of event that sort of, um, you know, kind of launched you into this community? Yeah, I love this question. Um, it, it's actually, for me, a pretty simple answer. I always knew I was going to be a foster parent. Uh, my husband on the other end did not. So <laughs> here's how that played out. Um, I'll back up and share how I always knew. 
when I was seven years old, there was a traumatic incident that happened in my childhood that led me to be in a situation where I needed to be removed from my home. So I experienced what many kids in the system go through in that moment at seven years old. And I like to say that God uses our catastrophes, the catastrophes in our life to be the catalyst for our calling. Yes. Um, that has been extremely true for my life. And I think when we, when you hold whatever it is in your own life, in the light of that, you'll, you'll see that there's some truth behind it. So anything really hard, really painful, usually God's using that. Um, you know, you might hear people say there's purpose and pain, right? I think that God uses it to be the catalyst for our calling, like why we're on this earth. And that's exactly what happened for me when I was seven and I was removed from the home and I experienced what kids in foster care experience. I think seeds were planted yeah. and then later they got watered and continued to get sunlight and water and all the things. And, you know, it came to fruition, obviously, once I was old enough in my adulthood. Um, so for me, I just knew I wanted to be the person I needed as a kid. And that meant a person who could provide a safe, stable, loving environment for a kid in need. Um, and so throughout my college years, when, you know, you're dating and it's getting yeah. serious, it was for me and very true of my Enneagram 8-ness, a non-negotiable. I told it up front, like, Hey, I'm going to be a foster parent. I don't know if I want biological kids. I don't know if that's in the cards for me, but a non-negotiable is the fact that I will be a foster mom. So, uh, if this is going to work out, I would, I would seriously tell these guys, like, if this is going to work out, you just need to know it up front. So that, Love it. I, I feel like a lot of young girls should be more upfront about that when they're dating. Honestly, yes. it would save a lot of bad second and third and fourth dates. Absolutely. I was about to say it severed so many relationships really quick, which was awesome. Cause it's like, fine. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and so when I was dating my husband and my now husband, but at the time, just, you know, this guy I was dating and I told him he would, his reaction was so unique, hmm. um, because he didn't tell me what I wanted to hear or make any promises, which would have been just like the lovely, easy romanticized version of this. But instead he was like, wow, I, I don't know. I, I would, I need to really think about that and look into that. And, um, he, he kind of had the exact opposite childhood as me in many ways. Hmm. So he just had no concept of it and had to learn a lot and was, was just completely new to it. Yeah. And so we took the time throughout, you know, as we continued to see each other and date, he took the time to hear me out, do his own research, uh, kind of together, we dove in and I think his passion for it ended up developing, developing until it matched mine. And at that point we were close to engagement. And then by the time we were engaged, it was like, yeah, we're doing this at some point when we're ready. Um, and so for us, we were only married for two years before we started the process to be foster parents. We okay. um, kind of jumped in early and felt like we were in a stable place emotionally, financially, mm -hmm. and just all the ways. And so we, we began, that's the story. <laughs> that's awesome. So how many, how long have you guys been, um, fostering? Yeah. So not quite four years. Okay. Um, and we, we've loved it. We've had, um, some really hard experiences that mm -hmm. I've shared as much as I appropriately can with the internet. Um, mm -hmm. But we've had 16 kids come and go from our care, um, okay. two of whom are still in our care, I should say. So 15 have gone and 
two are still with us. I think I did that math right. Maybe 14, 15. I'm losing track. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, lots of kids in these years and gosh, there's, there's so much I could say. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, but at the same time, I wish there wasn't a need for it. I wish it didn't. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, um, as I shared with you, uh, you know, I'm an adoptive parent and I think adoption is beautiful and wonderful, but you know, I wish we lived in a world where adoption wasn't, you know, as, as far flung as it is. Um, but you know, that's the world we live in. And, um, so tell us a little bit about, like, I, I, I emailed you over some of these questions and I'm going to skip around. So, um, what is one of the, the myths about foster care and, and you don't call them myths on Instagram, but you do a good job sort of, I want to say debunking some things or people will ask you questions and you're like, wait, what, you know? And so like, what is something that you constantly hear that maybe is not accurate about, um, you know, being a foster parent or part of the foster care community? Yeah, I I could give so many different ones, but I'll I'll go to I'll jump right to the main one that recurs a lot, which is okay. it is the most cringeworthy thing when I hear someone say, "Oh, I could never do that. I get too attached." Yep. And I'm so thankful for social media because it started to uh, debunk this myth, so to speak, and to, to help people understand why it's a harmful statement and why it's a frustrating statement. Um, and that is because it's entirely untrue. Um, number one, it insinuates that people like me who do this work are just cold hearted and we don't get to attach, which is so false. Like I, I get so attached. The other half is if you fear you get to attach, that's a sign you should do it. Like you'd be good at it. That that's in fact, um, an indication that it would make you a great foster parent. So, uh, the whole idea that you shouldn't get too attached or that you fear you would is just funny to me because that's exactly, um, what these kids need. They need someone who's willing to get too attached, who's willing to go through some heartbreak at the end of it because the goal with foster care, unlike adoption, is reunification. Right. Now, it doesn't always happen. We see a lot of this where, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough system and it doesn't work out the way it's designed to all the time. But right. in my experience, and I have a huge heart for reunification. We have been able to reunify a lot of kids back to their biological relatives, um, whether that's their parents or, or like I said, a relative. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful because just like there's beauty in adoption, um, when you can restore a family and be a part, I should say, when you get to be a part of restoring yep. a family, right? It's not all me. I'm not the savior here. I'm not the hero here, but like to get to take part in that, it, it's worth every bit of my heartbreak at the end. So this whole like fear of getting to attach is just, it's honestly silly. Well, it's, you know, it's almost like somebody is so, so outside of the community that they, you know, they, they don't really understand the day to day and the purpose and reunification. Um, and I, you know, I, on one of my other episodes um, with Sarah Weaver, she talked about the same thing and she said exactly what you said. She said, it's, you know, to the foster community, we all cringe because you're supposed to get attached and, and, you know, and the, the kids really need you know, to, to feel that. And that's so important. So, um, thank you for sharing that. So what is something that you would say is really, um, beautiful about foster care other than, you know, you just mentioned a couple, but yeah, no, I, I love this question because it's, it's good for me to remind myself through the hard seasons like when we're e-learning and oh, yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. From my children who I love, I love, I'm speaking that over myself. <laughs> um, We've all been there. there. There's so much beauty, but I, I truly, I'll summarize it with this. The most beautiful part of foster care is that you get to witness healing happen before your eyes. You will get to see healing in a child, in his or her biological parent or a relative, like they're yourself. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much happening. And I, I truly think like God is at work in all of this when, you know, we show up, he matches that. And so with our kids specifically, I'll give a couple examples. These are not um, true of our current children. I try to be really careful and protect them, but just of kids we have had, I mm -hmm. will say, we had a kid who, when he came to us, like he wouldn't shower because of a lot of trauma that stemmed from what happened to him in um, his bathing time as a child. And to see over time, we made progress to him showering with swimming trunks on and with my husband, you know, there while he had swimming trunks on. And then, yeah. you know, to progress to, he can shower by himself and he doesn't have to wear swimming trunks and he enjoys showering and we're not having to fight about showering and there's no tears. Like, it's little things like that. That's that amazing. So, That's amazing. Yeah. And it's so motivating um, to see a kid who used to hoard food, no longer hoard food or, and even suggest like sharing food Aww. after for so long food was like, they have like such a scarcity mindset around it. Like to see that healing happen. I mean, it takes time. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen overnight. It's an investment, but it is so beautiful. Um, and I don't know if this totally goes along with that, but the other thing I just have to say is the relationships that you'll develop, like the friendships um, that you'll develop along the way, both with other foster families, like the community itself is great, but also like I was just texting this morning with our first placement three and a half years ago, their mom. And no I was like, we still talk, we're friends. She wanted to know our baby's name and it's a secret, but I told her because I just keep it to myself. Like, <laughs> That's it's, sweet. It's so cool. Um, my, my family, and I put that in air quotes, like is huge because of this. And that is, it's just beautiful. It really is. It's really is. Um, so then the flip side of that, what's something that's really hard about foster care? <sighs> A lot of things. Um, one of the hardest things about foster care is the fact that you don't always get to see the beauty or experience the fruit of your labor. Yeah. Um, that sometimes there's, there's an author, um, a book that I read called To the End of June that is amazing about foster care. Um, and she says that it, you know, a lot of times the fruit of your labor or the reward or the healing or the whatever it is might not come uh, in, in your lifetime. It might not come till mm. after five years of hell. Like it's, it's not always like you don't get instant gratification. You don't see healing happen like that yeah. with every kid. You don't see it happen quickly with um, or at all with some. And so that's, what's really, really hard is it's easy to get burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, 
Yes. And, and, you know, um, I'm going off script here, but you recently went away with your husband and you shared about the importance of using respite care. Can you just give, give me like the two minutes on that? Cause I thought what you wrote was so great. And I feel like there's a lot of foster families who feel they feel guilty when they need a break, but when you can't show up well, if you don't take the break, you're, you know, everybody loses. Can you just speak to that real quickly? Yeah. Yeah. This goes for any parent. Right. But specifically with foster parenting, because you're dealing with trauma and like other, like there's tons of meetings and caseworkers and visitation and bio parents and just, there's so much to it that even more so, um, it's easy to get burnout. And so what I had shared online was the importance of foster parents utilizing respite care, finding ways like not taking no for an answer with your cases and and like going out of your way even to get creative with your own family and friends and people you trust Mm -hmm. to help you get the breaks that you need. Because I really think that a lot of times there's, there's some statistics out there and I don't, I don't want to say them because I don't know them off the top of my head and I don't want to give inaccurate information, but there's a lot of statistics out there that show um, a significant number of people who become foster parents don't even make it a full year. Oh my gosh. I totally, that doesn't surprise me because I live it. So I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that makes sense. And the reason I've been able to continue doing it beyond a year is not because I'm special or because I have like some enormous amount of patience or whatever. Like I am furthest thing from it, truly. (laughs) It's because we've put some sustainable practices in our life, uh, things that have been able to help us replenish so that we can continue in this work. Boundaries, vacations, breaks, you know, whatever. It can look like a multitude of things. I actually keep a list of things that I have to do daily, weekly, monthly, and annually to keep up, to keep myself filled so I can keep pouring out. Because if I don't have these daily, weekly, monthly, and annual things in place, I'm no good. Um, And so when we went on our, we, my husband and I are expecting a biological baby um, soon. And so we went on a baby moon and we left our two older boys behind. Um, and they were in a respite home, which is a temporary, it's basically like a plate of babysitting for your foster kids yep. where they go to someone who's certified so, so that their needs can be met. Cause, um, it's different than biological kids who you might just pass off to your parents, sure. Sure. Or whoever. And needless to say, I, I didn't feel guilty and I had a lot of people message me wondering like, well, like, don't you feel bad? Or like, I'm like, no, not at all. Um, number one, I I need this break. This is really important for me if I'm going to continue to show up for these kids Two, my kids, they also like breaks from me. Like, absolutely. They didn't want us to leave initially, but once we were on the plane, actually, once we arrived and we called them, it was funny because it was like, it was like we were bothering them. Like we were interrupting their (laughs) time. They were playing a game and I was like, okay, they're having fun. Um, but, but yeah, like, I think that this idea that you shouldn't take a break, like these kids, especially in foster care, but these kids already have attachment issues and it would be bad for you. Like, I get that. I get the dilemma. I really do. However, I think that's where you have to process the right timing of 
a, a respite break. Um, I think there's factors to consider. Like with our boys, it's not like this was the first time they've ever been apart from us and it was a, a full week. It was, you know, we've built up to this and we've established trust over the last year and a half of having them in our home yep. to where they know we're coming back. And then there's things we do along the way. Like every single night we call to say goodnight. You know, just little things to touch base with them. Yeah. But yet, you know, aside from a five minute good night call, I'm still away and getting like my tank refilled so that I can continue. Um, so yeah, I just feel really strongly that we would see less people, we would see less turnover mm-hmm. in foster parenting if we could be more proactive about replenishing and utilizing respite. So yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. No, I loved what you said. And it, and you really to your point, you know, it's true of any parents, you know, I, I have friends who, you know, their kids are two or three or whatever, and they've never, they've never been away from them, which is, you know, fine. But, um, I just sometimes think to myself, you, like, you don't even know how full your tank would be if you just do one overnight, like go to Philly for the night, go to the shore for the night, you would just feel so refreshed. And I just, I really think it's so important for parents. And I'd love that you said that. Oh, that was good. So tell me, um, so you, one of the reasons I reached out to you is because you created these online courses, which you kind of tipped off at the beginning here. And I think it's really thrilling because I think there's a lot of people who, um, want to dip their toe in the sand, but they're not sure where to start or they're not sure, you know, they want to actually talk to somebody who's been there. And so tell us a little bit about the courses, um, that you developed and like who would make, cause I think there's three, right. Who would make sort of, um, good um, students in those courses? Yeah, I love this. So I'll start with the why. Um, I am an educator. That's what I did professionally before I left That's the right. actual classroom. And I, I have the gift of teaching. I love educating. And I, I just wanted to marry that with something I was passionate about. So when I created these courses, it was both from a place of that and just seeing the need. Um, recognizing that the number of DMs I was getting on Instagram from people who said things to me like, I've been feeling this tug of my heart to be a foster parent, but I just don't know, or I have all these questions, or I would hear from some people, um, most commonly women who would say, I really want to be a foster parent, but my husband's not on board. Mm. And I, I totally get those tensions and like the unknown and I was like, okay, well, what if there was something that was out there? What if I could do something and create something that would help people discern whether or not they should be a foster parent? So that's really the first course. The foster care beginner course is for prospective foster parents. And it is not a course that's intended to convince people to foster. It's a course that I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to give you the highs, the lows, the joys, the challenges. I'm going to give you the history of foster care. So it's super educational. I'm very, very passionate about the education of it all. And at the end, um, I even have a little like quiz that, you know, just you, you have to discern like it, are you meant to be a foster parent? And if not, that's okay. Here are, I think I give six other ways to be involved in the world of child welfare and partnering with children and families without having kids in your home, because it would be kind of, it, it wouldn't be accurate to say everyone should be a foster parent. Yep. yep. So that's not my intention. However, I think that a lot of people would um, become a foster parent and, and much sooner 
if they took this course and were able to kind of eliminate some of these barriers that actually don't exist, but they're in your mind. Um, I just, there's so much misinformation out there. And so anyways, I, I created that course specifically for anyone who's on the fence. And, um, it's been super fun to hear from people like, Oh, I just went through your course and we're doing it. Like we're becoming fosters. So it's just like, so cool. Um, and like I said, that's a big part of my work with the agencies is recruiting and training new foster parents here locally. But this is fun because I get to reach people way well outside of Chicago. So that's been a joy. The second course is the foster care intermediate course. Okay. And that one is for anyone who's newly licensed or, or maybe has just gotten their first placement, right? You're just brand new to it. Really the, my ultimate goal with that course was how can I help someone? How can I help, help somebody else prevent making all the mistakes that I made as there a new you go. <laughs> Not only preventing all the mistakes that I made, um, everything from like oversharing about my kids, which you know, I I wasn't malicious. It wasn't like I had these bad intentions, but looking back, I'm like, Ooh, I should not have said that publicly, or I would never have answered this question this way. Yeah. It's it's helping in those, those ways. And just lots of practical things. Like what are like the items that I always keep on hand for a child of any gender, any age at any time, like things like that, that just really practical. Yeah. Textbooks and course, uh, sorry, orientations and stuff, they don't usually cover, but I was able to provide from real lived experience, a lot of that knowledge. So that was super fun to create. And then the third course is foster care advanced. And it is for any active foster parent who really wants to just go deeper in their knowledge on uh, everything from trauma to reunification to cultural competency. Um, I, in that course, I get into racism in foster care. I, I do that a little bit as well in the first course when I cover the history. But these things are really important, especially if someone's out there like me and you're a white uh, person and you get calls for kids that are black and brown. Like These are things that are really, really important. I know this is a big conversation in the world of adoption as well. Absolutely. And so, what I tried to do was jam pack into one place the best things, the most helpful things that I've learned from a variety of sources. Um, and so it's like, I've done the work. I've, I've weeded through it all for you. Here it is in one place packaged nicely um, into Which is videos. the best part because it's, it is so time consuming to go from book to book to author to author to TED Talk to yada, yada. I mean, it, you could... You, you might never actually go through the foster care orientation because the, the, the research could take your whole life. And yeah. so I think it's fabulous that you're putting some of these high points and some of these really important conversations all in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the three um, courses related to foster care that I offer. And in addition to that, once a month, and I post this on Instagram, I try to make it, put it out there. I do a free hour Zoom for anyone that just has questions, wants to chat about foster care. I open it up and, um, it's, it's just so funny to meet people. And then I try to follow up and kind of see what happens. You yeah. Know? Do they become a foster parent? Do they become a CASA? What, where's their, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. So yeah, it is cool. And I think, you know, um, 
like I, I commend also your creativity because I feel like 2020, like you, you were saying um, offline, you know, you love speaking and you get a lot of joy from being with people. And so, you know, 2020 cut short, you know, a lot of people, you know, do that. And so I, I think it's really cool that you were able to sort of like turn this weird year into like, okay, so people are already spending more time online. People aren't leaving their homes or going to conferences quite like they did. So I think this is also awesome because you don't really, you know, you don't need to go anywhere, you know, um, you can just access it anywhere. So it's great timing for sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I even told my husband when, when I was in the thick of dreaming these courses up, I, I mostly like when I say that I did it because I saw the need truly, I was getting the same questions 20 times a day. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I have spent X amount of time answering these questions. If I can, you know, so now just talking like from a business owner's perspective, like yeah, put all this in a place and people can take it and go through it at their own pace. Like that is going to impact so many more people. It's going to save me time, which like we just talked a little bit ago about replenishing. I want as much time with my kids, my family to be present with them. So if I'm having to respond 10 minutes, you know, on a DM 10 different times a day. Oh my gosh. It's just, so now I just automatically shoot them the link and I'm like, Hey, I actually have a whole course that'll answer all of your questions, you know, even more than you don't even, questions you don't even know you've asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, and it's like, um, it, it's really cool that people can connect and sort of hear your story, but then they can take this deeper dive as well. Absolutely. So you just mentioned your family and I know we're, uh, we're kind of getting close on time here and I want to be respectful of your time. So um, two questions I ask all my guests at the end here. Um, the first one I have for you is what is your favorite family activity? So I know the two boys you've had in your home for quite a while now. What is something that you guys all love to do together? Yeah. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that every Friday night we have what we call family fun night where no one's allowed to join. So pre COVID we would have people over for dinner, like most nights of the week. That's just like kind of our thing, the way we live our life. Um, and so Fridays became the sacred, like it's just us. And it's a special night where Eric and I, my husband and I kind of unplug from our phones. We take the kids to whatever fast food restaurant they agree on. So it's usually, it almost always is Taco Bell, McDonald's, or Popeye's. It's one of those three. (laughs) This is why I have to work out. Yeah. um, (laughs) And it's just, it's such a joyful night because we all like look forward to it each week by the time we get there. And then it's like we eat and usually we'll watch a movie or play some games and it's just fun. And we have this rhythm where especially, you know, after a long week, you're just like, okay, it's just us. Yes. We're going to eat this greasy food. We're going to watch a movie or play these games. And our kids just love it. And seeing them like so happy makes me happy. So that is one of my favorite things. And then when the weather's nice here in Chicago, mm-hmm. we live super close to a park. We don't have a yard because again, our we're city people, but um, yeah, I like it. We have a park nearby and just to go play, run around, be at the park together. That's something we really enjoy. And you're right. Kind of at the end of the week, it's something everybody can look forward to. Low stress, you know what you're getting yourself into. That's awesome. All right. And lastly, how can people learn about these courses? How can people connect with you? Yeah, I love that. So Manda Carpenter on everything, Instagram, my website is mandacarpenter.com. Everything is there. Um, and, and when you get to my website, 
there's a number of ways that you could happen to get on the list, but ultimately I have one email list. And if you're on that list, you're not only going to get letters from me, which are truly from my heart. And like I said earlier, it's like the soul scoop. It's just everything from faith to marriage, to motherhood, to social justice, to you name it. Like it's probably going to be a part of an email that you get from me. And that's where I'll also run specials on courses and things like that and um, share more detail. So yeah, just, I would say that email list and then um, Instagram and the website. Gosh, yeah, social media. I'm like, I'm less and less on Facebook and Twitter and just more focused on one. And don't even get me started on TikTok. I am not on it because I can <laughs> I know. At some point, there's just so many things to keep up on. It's better to do a few things well than to like, you know, spread everything so thin. I'm totally, totally. with you on that one. But I do like TikTok, you know, it's cute. It's funny. <laughs> but, well, yeah. I, I honestly have spent maybe 10 minutes ever on it. And I was just like, I can't, if I go down this, I'm going to like want to do it. And then I'm going to want to oh, do yeah. it well. It'll be a long, dark hole that you'll go in. <laughs> yeah. My kids love it from little things they show me, but I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Instagram's good. Instagram is a great place to share information and get information and you do a great job keeping up there. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Um, I will definitely point everybody your direction and point out um, your own podcast and your Instagram and your courses. And I'm so like, I just think it's a, it's a beautiful resource. And I know that you have the experience because I followed you and I, um, I really trust your sort of um, speaking into what it's like to be a foster parent. So I will definitely be recommending this. And I just um, appreciate you being on today. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun. I loved having the space to just share about things that I love. So thanks for asking great questions and for having me on. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonagle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.